Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God and did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue should confess Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you as always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose." My brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we gather together to worship and to praise you. And as we hear your word read and proclaimed, speak so clearly to our hearts, O Lord, that on this day, in this hour, that we would know who you would have us be and what you would have us do so that we would come away from this place not just as hearers of your word, but so importantly as doers of your word. In your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. Friends, if we are honest with ourselves, really honest taking a a deep look in the mirror and around our homes and our conversations with friends and family, the last six to seven months have been tough, have they not? I mean, this started in March with fear and anxiety and uncertainty around the pandemic and the disruption that it brought to all of our lives. And spring arrived with blooms of disappointment as we watched ritual after ritual, like graduations and proms and confirmations be first postponed and in some cases canceled altogether. Or maybe we look at those things that we find to entertain us, whether it's the arts or sports, 
the Masters, baseball, the Kentucky Derby, all being postponed till sometime later after the normal season in which we observe these events. But then spring gave way to the summer of discontent. We were greeted with images of racial unrest and senseless violence and wanton disregard for human life. Fires and floods and hurricanes. Mental health struggles where isolation and canceled routines begin to weigh heavy on our minds and even on our psyche. All of this added to by the economic despair that faces industries like the hospitality and travel industry or the small businesses that undergird our economy. And now we find ourselves here in the fall of the year and just as we come to celebrate things even as weird as it might be, college football without stadiums full of fans the leaves begin to change color, and so does the color of the map of our nation as we begin to turn our eyes to an election, red versus blue, Democrat versus Republican, and we even see that lived out in the turnings within our own families. It is as if the very fabric of our lives has been stretched thin, frayed on the, images, on the edges, and almost rent asunder. This, my brothers and sisters, is not the way that God wants us to live. This is not the kingdom of heaven that God envisioned for us. This is not how Christ taught us to live with each other. In fact, it's just the opposite. But if there is good news in this, it is that this is not the first time that the church has faced discord in the land. This is not the first time in the history of the Christian faith that we have seen society pulled to the edges almost to tear and shred. Today's passage, Paul is speaking to the church in Philippi, and they're in such a period of discord and disunity within the family. Now this time it's different though. It's not about issues of doctrine or differences of faith interpretation. No, this is about cliques and factions and division within the body. It's because people have lost sight of the concept of community and they've put themselves as individuals or in cliques and groups above the others in the community as a whole. It's because of their arrogance and their self-importance that they have carved channels within the community, much like a storm causes channels in the barrier islands off our coast, cutting people off from one another. They too, in this church, have done just that. But you see, in defining the issue, in naming it in this first part of his letter to the church, Paul talking about this divisive self-centeredness, Paul writes a prescription for how they can heal and overcome it. He hangs a plumb line out in front of them by which they can snap their lines, their lives back in line with what God intends. He tells them, let you be of the same mind in you that was in Christ. And what he means is not the same kind of knowledge that Christ had, but the same mind, the same spirit that Christ had, with which he had when he walked on earth amongst all of humanity. 
It's interesting in that passage, he uses the word same twice. He talks about it in the same mindedness, but also the same love. And I think that's important for us to note that distinction that he uses that word same to fix in our hearts who we are to be and how we're to live. I mean, to use that word same mind and love is to be the batter board or the template or the measuring stick for us in all that we do. He writes, do nothing in selfish ambition or in conceit, but do it in humility. Do not look about your own interests, he says, but look to the interests of others. See, that's the prescription that brings the healing of the community, and I think that's the prescription that can bring the healing to our world around us. If we act in humility, if we live seeking the best for others first. You know, there's a difference, a distinction between a diversity of opinion and disunity and discord. See, division and disunity abounds these days. We see it in social media. We see it in the mainstream media. We see it in our nation in terms of politics, Democrat versus Republican. We see it in our understanding of equity versus equality. We see it in the differences between fairness and justice. We sometimes see it in the church in differences over doctrine or interpretation of Scripture or even what social justice might mean. But this does not, nor should it be the case. See, differing opinions are good because when we bring our differing opinions to the table, if we listen to each other, we're able to grow together. We're able to find the solutions for the problems that face us. See, our differences and our diversity versus homogeneity is what creates a beautiful tapestry of life that God wants us to see. Think of the sameness of a forest of just pine trees. And then think of a diversity of a forest of all types of trees. See, what matters is how we live and how we live into this understanding of celebrating the differences that we see in the world around us and realize that God has given them to us and that if we work together, we can paint a beautiful picture of the kingdom of heaven. See, that idea of having the same mind of Christ is one in which we have humility and we seek the interest of others above ourselves. See, division is often caused by our own arrogance, our own pride, our own thought that we are superior, that we have the right ideas, or ours is the best way or the only way. But yet, if we would practice humility, we can mitigate that division that we find in the world around us. See, Christ, if you think about him, Christ came to the world fully human and fully divine. Christ was superior to all of us and yet still obedient to God. See, for us, the lesson there is to see Christ obedient to God and ask ourselves, what does that mean for how we live our lives? See, to be humility, to have humility to God, to be obedient to God means to listen to listen and ask ourselves, what would God want me to hear today? How is God speaking to me through the scriptures of the Holy Bible? How is God speaking to me in prayer 
Or better yet, how is God speaking to me through the words of my brothers and sisters? But then let's go one step deeper. Not just the words that they say, but what are the words under the words? You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes someone says to you, how are you doing? And you say, I'm doing fine. If they listen carefully to how you answer the word fine, they know whether you're really okay or you're just holding it together. See, that's listening to the words under the words. And so if we practice humility, if we practice the humility that God wants us to have, then we not only listen to God, but we listen to the words that our brothers and sisters say and listen to the words under the see if God is speaking to us through them. And then we go one step further than that. We seek God's wisdom in all things. We act by being informed by our faith. We, we start out each day seeking to guard each one's dignity and save each one's pride. We ask ourselves, what would God have me to do today? That's the first question. What would God have me to do today? Not what do I want to do, but what would God have me to do today for the sake of the order, for the sake of the kingdom? See, Christ-like humil humility, this Christ-like humility that God is calling us to have is the math that changes the world in which we live. It's the math that calms down the tension. It's the math that heals the divisiveness. It's the math that makes a difference. But once we start with humility, once we fix our eyes upon that, then we begin to seek the interest of others. What they found in the church in Philippi is the discord was caused by selfishness making it all about me and my friends, all about me and what I want. You know, there's so much of that in the world around us these days, isn't it? Where it's all about me and what we want and not about what others need or what others want. See, Christ set that example for us in the role of a servant. Christ never assumed the seat of honor, even though fully God, he was fully human. He waded in and healed the lepers. He wrapped a towel around his waist and he washed the disciples' feet, setting that example for us of servant leadership and so what would it look like for us if we too took on the role of a servant? If we sought the common good, that we looked out for everyone and we wanted to see that they had their needs met and that we were here to serve them. See, the kingdom of heaven is not about everyone for themselves. No, instead, the kingdom of heaven is about no one gets left behind. And that's what God is calling us to do. That's who God is calling us to be. We are called to be guardians and actors to make sure that all God's children are lifted up and that they have a chance in life to succeed, that we pull for everyone to win. As Brett said last week, that there are no losers, but that we are all winners. So if we live 
a servant's life. Then being informed by our faith says that we wake up with three questions in our hearts. Where am I being called to serve today? Who am I being called to serve? And how am I being called to serve? Because my brothers and sisters, the reality is that every day we wake up, you and I are called to serve the risen Christ. We are called to serve a God who walked humbly upon the earth and set forth the example of a servant, putting others first so that the kingdom might be realized. So as we think over the last seven months, it has been tough. There is no doubt about it. And we still have a ways to go with the pandemic, a ways to go in the world, a ways to go to get back to where we were. And hopefully we'll even be in a better place because today we said in our hearts that we can make it better because we're going to squelch the division. We're going to squelch the discord. We're going to heal the fractures of our world because we're going to live and we're going to live and practice the mind of Christ. That's who we're going to be. That's how we're going to live our lives. That we're going to seek and act with humility so that we listen to what God is calling us to do, but that we seek out the best for others so that all ships might rise with the tides. And see, my friends, when we do that, then the reality is what Paul writes in verse 13 for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you to both do the will and the work of God and God's good pleasure for all the world. So while we have a ways to go, we can make it better starting today by having the heart, the mind, the same love as Christ for each other, and for all the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.